Hi, it's Glenn McFarlane here, letting you know that there's a new version of Sacked out there in the world of podcasts called Sacked Showbiz. Season one is out now, and you'll hear some amazing stories from the likes of Mick Malloy, Darren Hinch, Bridget Duclos, and Helen Kapalos, talking about, well, when they got the sack. And right here, we've got episode one of Sacked Showbiz for You, featuring a man who crosses a few lines in more ways than one. Ticking the AFL and also the entertainment box, it's Sam Newman. And if you like what you hear, search Sacked Showbiz wherever you get your podcasts and follow or subscribe. Enjoy. How and where did you meet young Eddie Maguire and what were your impressions? Uh, well, Eddie was a young, uh, a young stribbling uh, working for, it uh, might have been Channel O in those days. I'm not sure if he was there before it was turned into 10, but uh, he was uh, uh, an up and coming and aspiring uh, reporter and uh, Eddie was uh, at a function we'd been at and a few of the footballers, I can't remember who they were, but uh, uh, contemporaries of mine, we'd been out at a function and we walked across the road in Turek to the uh, to the Tok H Hotel and uh, we went in there to the disco in those days and uh, Eddie said, uh, we've oh, I don't know if we'd had a few drinks, had a few drinks, we had a few drinks and um, so that's how I got to know, that's the first time I met Eddie. On the eve of the 1994 AFL season, the Nine Network took a punt on a young reporter named Eddie Maguire and the wily Sam Newman to launch the footy show. Jakovic, Kelly, the AFL's biggest Hawkins. names, Maguire, Newman, Australia's top football experts, 300 games, bringing you Channel 9's brand new footy show, live on Thursday nights. First with the weekend lineups from the men who play the game. First with the inside news on your club. Melbourne's newest, biggest footy show kicks off 9.30 tonight, live on Channel 9. It's Melbourne again! We were uh, given six weeks by Ian Johnson, the uh, late manager of Channel 9, and he got Eddie and Trevor together and they said, we better get someone who's more mature as well. And I uh, assumed that meant uh, more intelligent, but they just meant older. Uh, so they got me on. How many times seriously did you think you would get sacked? I'm not really sure if I thought I would, but someone once told me, in order to be reasonably successful at live television, you've got to almost risk being sacked every night. So I followed that pretty carefully and uh, managed to navigate my way through a quarter of a century of it. What were the times where you were a bit antsy about it all? Oh, yeah, just things that weren't considered in the rules of the Broadcasting Tribunal. And uh, as you would well know, the Broadcasting Tribunal has to act on any complaints and only one person has to complain and they are obliged to investigate the complaint. So I probably gave someone a full-time job at that bureau, (laughs) along with the other people I was in with. Uh, I would like to think that they were complicit in most of it, but I was probably the ringleader. Robbie Muir came out recently saying that he felt exploited by the footy show when he appeared on it. What were your memories of that night? Yeah, well, for a start, if Robert Muir feels he was... uh, I feel for Robert Muir if he's trying to uh, live down that name of Mad Dog, and uh, which we never gave him, but if he is trying to live that down and he's found it's uh, it's been um, distasteful to him and he's having trouble coping with it, uh, my sympathies go with him. But he came on the show... Uh, this is a bit like the David Schwartz thing. People think that he was asked to, would he come on? Because we were trying to show 
incidents after 10 years or 100, I can't remember what the anniversary was, 10 years of being on air, that do anyone remember these incidents? And we had uh, four contrived incidents that never happened and people said, geez, I can't remember that happening. And so we got Robert to come on and pretend he was angry with us and then... Uh, he was asked, would he mind upturning the table? I, I, I don't think I actually knew he was going to do that. This is, I honestly can say that if someone says, oh, of course you did. I actually don't think I knew he was going to, I knew he, he was going to get angry with us. I was going to say, Robert, he'd say, hey, mate, you shut up, or to me. And I would cop that because that was planned. When he upturned the table, I think I was more surprised, just as surprised as anyone. But he had been asked to do that and had received some money to do it. And, because, and, and so it was a, a quid pro quo thing. I think that's what we call it. And um, people thought, oh, well, he was bad-tempered and that. And that was, part of the, uh, that was part of the parody or the satire of it. But if he's uh, felt uncomfortable with it as, as time goes on and he's only remembered for that, I'm not apologising on behalf of the show, but I am genuinely dismayed if uh, that has caused him grief because we weren't directly responsible for that we we asked him to do this we asked a couple of other people to do other things which they did so um, my sympathies are with him if it's had has affected his uh, proceeding life come the turn of the millennium with the footy show flying and 3aw football rating number one newman was a hot commodity leading to an offer from triple m that sam couldn't refuse Eddie was on uh, Triple M and he, uh, they were trying to succeed in the broadcasting, football broadcasting arena. And Rex and I were, uh, well Rex was, I was once again just his sidekick. Rex was uh, sensational for two decades at 3AW, he was extraordinary. I used to be a good foil for him, I used to try and add a bit of sanity to the stupidity of him, you know, that uh, light and shade stuff. And I think Eddie thought that, um, I think this is right, he might deny all this he thought that uh, in order to be successful at triple m uh, football we should break this combination up and i was um, <laughs> and i was fiscally uh, offered a uh, remuneration which fiscally was uh, what i thought extraordinary are we talking millions uh, well, we're not talking anything jack that's what we're not talking <laughs> uh, that's just not uh, fair to anyone someone uh, just put a piece of paper that says 500 in front of me 500,000 for what to go on Triple M. For how long? For a season. Oh, a season, you're saying? Yeah. Well, there you are. That's something I'm not commenting on. <laughs> Ryan of Lang Warren, what can we do for you, Ryan? Uh, just a quick question to Sam. Are you thinking about becoming a coach at all? No, not at all. All right, because um, I'm a big fan of your work, but I am sick of your negative bitching about this game. You know, they don't do this, they don't do that. Unless you're going to put your hand in the ring and actually change anything, just shut up. And I know you're going to say, oh, I'm a commentator, it's my job. You're not a commentator. JB is a commentator. He actually talks about the game. You just come in with your outdated, crappy little bitchy moaning comments. We're going to do this. It's time to put it away, folks. The game's changed. Jump off the radio, jump into a nursing home and just leave it alone. Were you here today? Yes, I was. You're a f- quit. Oh, no, uh, just, uh, that's Ryan and Blanche. You did drop the F-bomb on air, didn't you, at Triple M? Were you, I, I were you sacked for that? No, I wasn't. I think the tr- Broadcasting Tribunal uh, spoke severely to Triple M. Uh, Gary Pert was the uh, manager, and I'd watched, uh, I'd filled in for someone, I think, I think from memory, I'd filled in for someone 
for three games. A Friday game, a Saturday, and I was filling in for a Sunday game, and I'd seen three of the worst games I've ever seen. <laughs> and uh, the third game uh, got to me. And I said, and I, uh, unfortunately, it's probably what I did in the footy show in the final uh, days of it. Um, I had to give a commentary on it. I said, this is probably the worst, uh, the worst game I've ever. So you know, and if you say that to um, supporters of sides that have just beaten another side, they don't give a stuff how the game's played. They just are very happy their sides won. And this bloke uh, rang in and said. Um, he said, that was a great game of football. I said, were you at it? And he said, yes. I said, well, you're a f- wit. <laughs> and uh, I Brian Taylor went, oh, <laughs> gee whiz, thank you. Oh. And I'm sorry, just uh, this is live again off the top of my head. I thought if, if anyone I could say that to uh, at any stage of my life, that would be the time to say it. If you could say you sat and watched that game, even if you're a supporter and thought it was a good game. So... Gary Pert called me in uh, on uh, the next day or Monday and he said, uh, Sam, I said, yeah, righto, Gary. I, 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 res- I offered to resign and, and I, I did. And he said, he said, I'll tell you what we'd like you to do. We'd like you to come in from, well, we, 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 your, my contract was, uh, I think that was in the final year of the contract. And he said, we'd like you to come in. I used to get in there at noon and do the preamble till two and then the game would start. And he said, I'd like you to come in from 12 till two and when the game starts, go home. And I said, yes, Gary, for a diminution of the remuneration. (laughs) He said, no. I said, I see. So you want me to come in for two hours and go home and not reduce the fiscal rewards I get for being part of the show? He said, yes. I said, Gary, I should have told someone to get three years ago. (laughs) So he thought that was vaguely humorous. Uh, So I uh, saw out the rest of my uh, tenure uh, by going in from 12 till 2 and then going home. How did the falling out between Billy Brownless and Gary Lyon, how did that impact the show? Those two people are great friends of mine and Gary was uh, as good an operator on live television as I uh, ever worked with. He was fantastic along with James Brayshaw and when he left for, um, you know, that personal reason, of course I was disappointed. I I, I think uh, time is a great healer. I think that they're pretty good friends now and they were very good friends beforehand and uh, it's always a bit of a shock and always a a bit of a jolt personal things that uh, overflow into the public arena particularly on a show like the footy show and um, we sort of uh, it's no good not addressing it even we used to sort of address it on the show although Gary wasn't there to address it with him but I would never and no one would ever embarrass they wouldn't embarrass me or I wouldn't embarrass anyone by discussing personal matters on a uh, public forum which ostensibly was a footy show you see the footy was incidental to me I didn't care if we showed footy or not I'm over the football I haven't (laughs) watched any of it this year I'm not interested in it Uh, but but that's fine that's that's of no it is the lifeblood of this city but uh, I'm I'm but the football was absolutely incidental to me for most of the 25 years I did it. When Rebecca Madden yes. joined, did you think it was too little, too late? Like, should a, a woman have come on the panel earlier? I wasn't part of any of that decision-making process. And whether that she was brought on for uh, balance or inclusion or to tick any boxes, I have no idea. But I thought she was fantastic. I enjoyed her. She's a great talent. And uh, I never looked at her as the token woman on the show. I just thought, good honour. Um, 
you know, beside being called a sexist and a misogynist and all those uh, things that end in ist or isms or whatever, um, I thought she was fantastic, still do. Probably she disagrees with most things I have an opinion on. But uh, that is the beauty of live television. If we have everyone agreeing with everyone, and I uh, have great respect for her, and uh, I never, ever even considered that she was just brought on because she's a woman and we as I say we were trying to cover the d- diversity gap or whatever it's called I don't know or inclusion or something uh, so I didn't look at I just looked at her as another person and I enjoyed working with her. When Eddie returned to the show yep. did you think we're gonna you know resurrect well, ourselves get back to the halcyon days? Well no so, so Eddie so James Brayshaw and uh, uh, Gary they were the most enjoyable parts of my uh, work on the footy show they were fantastic this is not to say Eddie's not fantastic but Eddie came back and uh, along with the producer Harvey Silver who had produced the show in the first place they whether it be design or accident it just took it to a much more structured production and I'm and as I say I'm not speaking on any of their backs and I'm 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 very well with both of them and I I used to say I I don't I can't not that this was about me but I said I can't do what you want me to do if we have this much stuff and have these film bits in this show this is not me so they said yeah yeah well good on you and uh, but and and I said but if you think this is the way to go go ahead and uh uh, and, and we're part of a team and I've, I've never had any well had a few we had a few robust discussions uh, but not not behind anyone's back we did it in the open and that's how you arrive at a uh, a general consensus about what would be on the show and most of the time I disagreed with what was on the show but I was delighted to be part of it and tried to make it work but unfortunately I got a bit frustrated with it so unfortunately this is mo- this is speaking against me unfortunately I let it probably show on air as I say it's live if it was uh, taped I could have said now look I shouldn't have said all that so or I shouldn't have said it like that or as strongly as that or in that tone of voice I think you know, I'm probably the most polarising, well, not that I'm a personality, but the most polarising public figure in Australia, probably because quite a few people agree with what I say and quite a few don't. And I thought that's a pretty good paradigm for uh, uh, people taking an interest and they could watch it because of me or they could turn it off because of me, but they might watch it because of the other people on the show who make it go around. When you left the footy show, how did that come about? Because they um, decided to uh, dispense with it because it had, from my point of view, it had got away completely from what its main aim was in the first place. And even though the changing requirements and conditions of a woke society, of a enlightened world no 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 and I'm not um, saying anything I haven't said publicly to them so I'm not airing any dirty linen at all because I had a fantastic time and they're very nice people and all that but they threw the baby out with the bathwater and I became marginalized to the fact that I wasn't of any use to them at all because the paradigm of the show had changed dramatically and it wasn't suited to what I used to do Thanks for listening to Sacked. For the full Sam Newman episode, please search for Sacked Showbiz wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm Andrew Rule, the host of the podcast A Life and Crimes. Here are some of the things that we've been talking about the last few weeks. 
the brutal truth is that when you start looking at it, they always kill or injure a lot more than each other. The professional hitman used to be a professional hitman. Evil strikes in all forms, but particularly as stupidity. Life and Crimes is available wherever you get your podcasts.